and welcome to the First Possibilities Podcast of 2022. I'm your host Jasmine and today I am joined by the wonderful Addy Dalman. For this episode we have teamed up with Answer Cancer to help raise awareness of cancer and cancer screening. So let's get stuck in. Addy, welcome. Hello. Good morning. Nice to see you here. We've not seen you for a little while, have no, we? So no. it's good to have you here. Addy has joined us today to discuss her personal experience of cancer. We're going to hit on some key topics from diagnosis to treatment and try and break the stigma of cancer. For the audience, Addy, can you tell us a little about yourself and your role here at Possibilities? Yeah, um, my name's Adeline, but everybody mostly knows me as Addy, um, and I'm a house manager um, over two properties within Possibilities, and I've worked with the company for about 20 years. Yeah, you're like part of the furniture now, aren't you? Yeah, just a bit, yeah. <laughs> So, if you know Addy, then you'll know she's a really healthy and active person who really radiates positivity. I think we can speak for everyone when we say it was a huge shock to hear your diagnosis. Can you tell us a little about when you first noticed signs that something wasn't quite right? Yeah, so I actually have a condition called fibrocystic um, breast changes, which I've had. It's quite common in women from the age of 30 to 50, um, all to do with oestrogen. And... um, what happens is I have cysts within both breasts and they swell up quite frequently um, and I go back and forth to the breast clinic and they do what they call them, um, they aspirate them, so they drain the fluid right, okay. and then I crack on as normal. So it's it's not anything that's um, difficult, it's just something I live with and I'm used to. Yeah. So I actually had a couple of cysts flare up. I usually go like, every six months, every year, um, I check myself regular because of the cysts and I went to the doctors, spoke to them, and I have a referral which takes about two weeks, and I went and had an appointment to go and have the cyst checked. And then from there, they do a ultrasound and a mammogram, because it's routine, so they can see the cysts for aspirating, and they saw something else there, which Mm -hmm. they said, right, we need to investigate this and do a biopsy. That's good, so they already noticed that. Yes, yeah, from that, did. yeah. Yeah, and yeah. if it's something you're already living with, you're already kind of vigilant anyway, aren't yes, you? Yes, I am, yeah. So how was the screening process for you? Can you tell us about the different types of screening that you had? Yeah, there was quite... Um, so I'm used to having the ultrasound and the mammograms done, obviously, because with the fibrocystic condition. Um, so they did that, but um, because of my cyst, they found it quite difficult to see the tube because they said, at that time they said there was one tumour okay. and they said it was um, difficult to see because of my cysts so they actually sent me for an MRI. Um, from the MRI they identified stuff in my other breast and then um, a couple more possible things in my right breast so they asked me to go back for what they call a guided ultrasound okay. um, where they get... Um, they actually got some specialist nurses in with the ultrasound and the MRI to try and pinpoint the tumours because of because of the way the cysts are, it was difficult to see them and get to so them. So they were like covering it. Yeah, yeah, to make sure. So they did more biopsies um, from that. So so yeah, ultrasound, MRI, um, mammograms, more ultrasounds. But then I've had other stuff done, um, like I've had an ECG done with my heart because of the medication and then I've had um, ultrasounds on my heart because of the medication but that's a different type of cancer medication because the breast cancer it's absolutely it's just absolutely mind-boggling the types of difference there are and the different types of treatment and everything so yeah because I think we all envision that we go like we go to the doctors there's a lump you get sent for a mammogram and then 
they find they do like a biopsy that's why I've yeah, always envisioned it like that yeah. way but you know I think everyone's experience is completely different isn't yeah it? massively so yeah depending on and depending on how early they catch it as well and the type yeah. of cancer because sometimes they'll go straight into um surgery um and then in my case I had to have chemotherapy first right. and then possible radiotherapy um but it does depend on the cancer and yeah. the person so what type of cancer were you diagnosed with? So I've got the grade 2 um, and it's called HER2 positive and that's because it's to do with the estrogen levels okay. and basically the cancer cells, which, uh, well basically cells in your body which um, repair themselves do it at a double rate but it's quite common so I also have to have um, cancer medication to stop those cells splitting and repairing oh. and I'm on that for a year even though the chemo is finished. Um, but you can also get like um, negative, um, like estrogen negative, but then there's loads of different little numbers and symbols and stuff. It's, it's yeah, it's Very quite mind baffling. Yeah. I've have, learned a lot though. I've, I've, yeah. I've actually learned a, an awful lot of information Absolutely. about it. Yeah. yeah. You're a good advocate as well for people who are going through it. I think you're someone that people would radiate towards and be good to support yeah. people I think. I think the help I've had as well from people who've previously had it in the groups I'm in has been just absolutely tenfold, yeah. been absolutely mindful of knowledge. So I think you can't relate until you've been through it yourself can no, you? Not like I could, as much as like you've taught me and you spoke to me about it I just could not on a personal level really relate because it, it's something I've never experienced myself yeah. and I just can't even imagine yeah. what you've been going through, you're very strong. So, I know everyone worries about appointment times, you know, they can be quite a wait. How long would you say it was from like your initial appointment to the diagnosis? So, the, because it was at the clinic, there's like a, they say it's got to be about two weeks, you've got to know the results of your biopsy. But obviously they found other stuff, so it took um, longer. And they say it should be like, there's, um, the NHS actually have target times yeah. that they've got to have everything done by. But because of my cysts and that um, overshadowing stuff, it actually took me a couple of weeks over that time. But they were in constant co constant contact with me, explaining that, yeah. explaining why it was going over. But then they also explained it wouldn't impact massively on the cancer spreading because they were trying to find out what was actually going on. Um, and then from that, that's when we found that I had the three tumours this side. And then on my left breast, it was a fibroid. So it was right. all just located on the one side. But because they did all that investigation, they were able to actually see the, the everything picture. that was yeah. going on. Yeah. So yours was a little bit longer than most, but you, yeah. you've got quite it's a about complex six, thing about going six on. weeks. So yeah, yeah, six or seven weeks from what I think they've got I a deadline on pins by. That whole time as well, weren't you? The waiting's yeah. infuriating because they because they didn't know what was going on. It's from that then what the plan of action is. So it wasn't until that was all sorted, then six weeks later I found out what the plan was. Yeah. That was probably the worst part, the waiting. The waiting, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can imagine it's not great. So I know cancer is such a scary thing to think about. So I think we always go to like the worst case scenario when we think of cancer, like your hair's gonna fall out, you're gonna be really poorly, it's terminal. Do you automatically think the worst yourself? Or was that support in place to make you you know, go like, actually, there's stuff in place for me, there's treatment, like I am going to be okay at the end of that. Yeah, the one, the first thing the doctor said to me was it was grade two and it was all treatable. Um, and that's then from there I was able to, like when speaking to family and friends, I was able to say straight away, as soon as something, because everybody's initial reaction is, oh, I'm so sorry, yeah. I, I don't deal very yeah. well with that. So I'm like, no, don't be sorry, it's all treatable, it's all manageable, don't worry about it. Um, so that helped massively um, and then you've got um, 
a designated breast cancer nurse who is alongside the surgeon that you meet, well, the surgeon you meet with, okay. and they were able to then sit down with me and go through things and explain um, different types of chemotherapy, radiotherapy plans, um, things like with the hair. Um, I was because of the cancer I had, I was able to do cold capping. Yeah, you um, mentioned this before. When we yeah, had a discussion. so Could I was, you explain that to like guys? Yeah, so I um, I spoke to a company called um, Hair Reborn, and they advised I cut my hair because I usually have really long hair. Yeah, so I've cut my hair quite short. Hair, yeah, yeah, really curly as well. Um, so cold capping is it's like a little hat you put on, and it's filled with water, and then they freeze it. And basically, it freezes all the hair follicles. So when you have your chemotherapy treatment, which basically, in essence, is a poison to kill cancer, yeah. unfortunately, it kills a lot of your cells in your body. Um, uh, so basically, it's because your hair follicles are all frozen, it stops the hair falling out. So I still lost a lot of hair, um, but I've got very thick hair, so I've been very lucky yeah. and not lost. It has thinned out, and I'm aware, I'm very conscious of my bald patches and stuff, but anybody says they don't notice it, so. Yeah, I've not noticed yeah, anything. So. I think it's it's part of you as a woman to have your hair, isn't it? And it makes Massively you feel so, very yeah. feminine. Yeah. So I think knowing for people who maybe are going through this, it's good to know that there's options out exactly, there. Exactly, yeah. I feel like that would put people at ease. And One of the important things I would say with that as well is when they measure you, make sure each time you go, they give you the right size cap because mm. if it's not the right size, it's not fitted properly that's where i think i might have lost a little bit here oh, because it, it wasn't yeah. i i'd loosened the chin strap it's very sexy um <laughs> and then i think i lost a bit here but that's but because of my own thing i have got some pictures <laughs> and when i'm ready i will share them yes please do we'd love to see those so do you think you have any recommendations of like services that have been really helpful for you during this time i know we've heard of like say macmillan but is there any other people or places that you've been that have really supported you through this time? Yeah, so Hair Reborn have been really good. So they um, they do like vouchers and everything for um, like for your hair and stuff. So it's it's actually my local salon, um, and they there's different salons in areas which are all part of that, and you get vouchers. So when you've had your treatment and you need to go back, they will give you vouchers to get work done with your hair, but they're specialists. Um, so they tap into things like wigs and everything. Um, the Macmillan nurses were absolutely amazing because they've helped, they do everything from like benefits and um, just chatting. If I've got a question, I can ring them up at any time during the day and ask stuff. But also Maggie Centre as well in Oldham. Oh, okay. um, that's been really good. So they're actually opposite the Victoria unit and it's an amazing building. Most of the time I just nip in there, have a coffee, have my breakfast and read a book before I go across and have my chemo. Um, but the ladies who work there, they're all mostly volunteers who've had their own treatment. So it's um, people to yeah. talk to. That's but it really does everything good. from like um, makeup tutorials. So like I've lost part of my eyebrows, but you can't really see. But people, I'm, I'm obviously a lot, those who know me, I don't very rarely wear makeup. <laughs> but for people who do, they can go and have lessons on how to draw on eyebrows oh. and do all that sort of stuff to cover that up. Um, they do yoga, they do um, Pilates. Obviously during COVID, a lot of this has all been on Zoom. You can yeah. tap in and that, but then you can just go in and have a coffee and chat to people. I um, think that sort of prepares you as well. If you're going in for treatment, you kind yeah. of want to be relaxed and yes, not yeah. get yourself all worked exactly. up. Oh, that sounds so lovely. It's, the other thing as well is because I was given quite a few surgery options, I was able to go in and speak to different people who'd had 
those the different, different types yeah. and get feedback and discuss with them um, and that was invaluable um, also as well there's a couple of people who I know who've gone through something similar so they've been good to tap into yeah. been absolute wealth of knowledge and I'm actually on a couple of groups on Facebook um, the really good thing about it is, is the settings are set so nobody when your feed goes nobody can see that you're actually in that group chatting about oh, stuff yeah. and you can so like side effects you say oh guys I'm struggling with this and you just so it's like a little community and they've been amazing That's absolute so wealth of support yeah I think it's good to have a group of people I've always yeah. said having like a close-knit group of people yeah. around you and people who've been through it themselves yeah. I love the idea of that little is it a charity yeah. in Oldham um yeah so yeah. Maggie's it's um quite it's all up and down the UK I actually did a run 50 miles for them in January oh, last wow. year um to raise money but they're all over um most of the UK now so yeah they're quite a wide, massive oh, yeah. well-known company um Outside of those organisations as well, I've obviously my family, my friends, colleagues, um, the support I've had from everybody's just been phenomenal. It's, um, yeah, That's everybody's odd. been great. No, I love yeah. that. So, can you share with us where you're up to now in terms of treatment and what it was like going through the treatment? Yeah, so, so far I've had um, six cycles of chemotherapy. Um, it's... The first two sessions weren't that great, I'll be honest, um, but then my oncologist is amazing. Um, so I met with her, we discussed my side effects that I was having. Um, mostly I was having really bad nausea and I was yeah. struggling with eating. Um, so I had a chat with her and we reduced the actual medication I was on by 10% because I was on quite a high dose. Um, and then, so I've finished my six week cycle now of chemotherapy, that's all done with, which is amazing. <laughs> Um, I'm still having um, what we call Herceptin, which is a leg injection okay. every three weeks. And that's to deal with the HER2 positive version. I'm going to be on that for until after surgery. Um, and then we need to look at the results um, and then see whether I'm going to stay on Herceptin or go on to something else. And that's to do with the surgery and whether there's any residual cancer, basically. And it's kind of combating the cell splitting and repairing themselves. Yeah. Um, so next is surgery. So I'm meeting with my surgeon in Wivenshaw to, um, they've given me a few options. I've made my decision on what I want done. It's good so that you've got the options. I like massively, that. yeah. yeah. It's, you not, you'll you be sort of given all the information of like, this is the outcome of that one and the results of like, maybe what if it could come back or. Yes, massively so. So you've yeah. gone for the one that, is suitable for you yeah yeah so they've they gave me free options i've gone away and i've done masses of research spoken to the girls in the group um and all about all different types and asked for i didn't ask them what they thought i should do i asked them for feedback on their surgeries done, yeah. but then also did my own research and made my decision from that yeah it's really um, important to yeah get your research because i think a lot of people they might not understand or know or they might not have that support network around them so having that research and looking into it in a lot yeah. more detail will and it's help. massively overwhelming I've, yeah. I've picked my friends brains quite a lot over this one and kind of like it, and you also get a very short time to make a decision mm. which is quite scary so, how long yeah. were you given um i had about a week wow. so yeah. yeah and it's a it's a life-changing decision massively, isn't it yeah. so yeah. yeah it's quite scary yes <laughs> But from that, I found some other organisations, actually, which I haven't mentioned. There's a company called 
Pillow Pals on Facebook okay. who do, um, they're like these heart-shaped cushions and the things for, one of the things I've got to have with the surgeries, I've got to have my lymph nodes checked and right. everything. But the, that goes under your arm to then stop the pressure oh, from really? that surgery. And there's, yeah, so that's another one, oh, um, Pillow really Pals. And then there's another one which does, um, part of the surgeries, I'll have drainage bags um, and they give you free drainage bags to help carry the drains and stuff. So from the surgery Sounds afterwards. Like, so what's the surgery that you've picked? Um, so I, yeah, no, that's it. fine. So I've chosen to have a full mastectomy because um, the idea of having surgery and then cancer still being in there in yeah. other areas, um, in the, what they call in the margins, because they remove it and then they check around the, the healthy tissue. And also the idea of reoccurrence for me in the future, if it came back, I'd, if it, I'd be like, yeah, fair enough, right, let's crack on, let's deal with this. But if it came back in the same place, I'd be devastated. Yeah. So I've asked for a mastectomy, but also reconstruction. Um, I'm waiting to hear whether it will be happening at the same time or whether it's going to be delayed. Surgery, yeah, yeah, so I have to wait and see. Um, and just wait and find out. But I'm fine with you. Where for me, my priority is to have it removed. Yeah. Just to get to get rid of the cancer, in essence. Yeah, definitely. I think knowing that it's it probably won't come back is exactly. like exactly it's the massive. Better option. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Exactly. You want you don't yeah. want to go through this again, or at least avoid as much as you can. Exactly. Yeah. And if I have to, and I, it, it does come back at any point in the future, it's a case of well, at least I've eliminated it yeah. from that area. You've done your bit. Yeah. Of that. Exactly. That's brilliant. So, well, our day of the future certainly looks bright for you in terms of recovery. Have you got any advice you'd like to share with someone who's maybe worried they might have cancer, is going through diagnosis or even the treatment? So, my main thing, the reason, so I am denied about doing this podcast, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but my main thing is, the, the what I thought from it is, if somebody listens to it and then they check themselves. Definitely. And for me, that's the main thing. So... I didn't know that you, so I knew you check your breast and I know you check under your arm, but I didn't know you have to check up around your collarbone oh, and um, this area as well, because it's if it's in your lymph nodes, it travels around, so all your muscles in there. Um, so main thing for me is check yourself. I do regular anyway because of my fibro condition. Yeah. So that's how I was able to catch mine quite early. Even how though it was often do you two. recommend that someone checks themselves? I check myself probably usually when I'm in the shower because because of my cysts I can notice a change. Yeah. Um, but I do like a thorough check probably once a month. Okay. Um, so and that's when and I'm presuming you'll be doing guides and stuff for people how they do that actual yeah. check. So obviously check yourselves um, and if you're struggling to check, ask people for support because yeah. that is out there, even if it's going to your GP because your GP can check for you on a regular basis. Oh, that's good to know. Um, the, I would advise, speak to people, obviously make a referral, speak to your GP, speak to people. For, for me, it's been a massive help having my family and my friends and being able to go to them for advice and just being there for me really mm. to support because I've got um, my little team which go with me to my appointments. Um, yeah, we've talked about yeah, this actually. If you so, just want to tell people your little processes, yeah, I love so hearing about In the very beginning, I have what um, my girls, and I call them my chemo team. Um, so they came with me to my chemo, stayed with me for a few days, um, helped me with the worst of it. By the time we got to cycle three, I was like, yeah, stay with me for a couple of hours, drop me off and leave me be because for me it was actually easier to ride that bit out on my yeah. own. 
basically mostly sleeping, um, trying to eat regular because of the nausea and sleeping a lot more. Um, but the my friends came with me to an appointment. I've got two people who go with me and they're my note takers because I'll sit down and I'll chat to the doctor <laughs> and I'll come away and I'll go, oh, he said da da and they're like, no, they didn't. And then send me like um, a message via WhatsApp of all the information. Mm. So I was then able to sit down and do more research because I didn't take everything in. This in is the it. When you're in an appointment, I think we can all say that when we've been in appointments, massively, yeah. You don't absorb everything, and no. you come out and you're like, what? What was actually said yes. in that appointment? And a lot so. of the appointments, because really of good. how in depth it was, mm -hmm. uh, my mind was blown. So I would definitely recommend taking somebody with you. That's a really good piece yeah. of advice. No, that's great. So you've got such a positive outlook and you are such an inspiration. To see you fight cancer with such grace and decorum has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today and good luck with your recovery. Thank you very much. For more information, support and advice, follow the links in the description. To check out more of the Possibilities podcast, head over to Anchor FM or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you very much. Goodbye. <laughs>